Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. But this little dink ball, the only one in the crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground, and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, I've been asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. You ever rang me? And they're roaring at me, I coffee, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> We're finally here, lads. Championship time. Three All Ireland contenders out this weekend. We have Kerry, Mayo, and Donegal. We're going to talk about them. We're back as well. Jerry, we're in studio. Um, you wore shorts. Hello to all our YouTube viewers. I never told you we were going back on YouTube. No, I, I would have worn my good shorts. I've only my normal shorts on today, but uh, I would have worn my fancy ones, you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> looks great, yeah. yeah. Brendan, with this weekend, right, we're going to have to enjoy this. We're back in championship. We're back in studio. This weekend, seven teams go out. The following weekend, seven teams go out. The following weekend, five teams goes out. We're just going to have to sit back and enjoy championship football because it's not, I don't want to start on a downer. It's not going to last very long. No, exactly, Roy. And I suppose the only downer is about the crowd, you know. Um, you remember back those those days of knockout. Uh, we're a wee bit grey-haired enough to get moved. We can't see mine. I've got a vase in over there. But <laughs> we, we remember back those knockout days, Willie, when the uh, when the championship was, was cut and thrust and you were out. But the, I think the crowd probably made that, Willie, you know, along with the aspect of just knockout championship. So I think as much as it's going to be very enjoyable, I think if you look at the grounds, particularly Park Esther. Um, I was up there at a couple of downs, uh, down VR Mag games there recently. They were absolutely top class games, and neither team really were were Ulster contenders. But the atmosphere in there was unbelievable, and it's it's a pity that won't be there now on Sunday, but still, I suppose the same rules apply, you know, you lose your out. Well, well, that's the big thing, you lose your out is the big thing. For me, it was more understandable last November, December, I understood it. Mm. It's a bit more frustrating in the summer, Ger, where, you know, teams have trained, like you're over Carlo, you know, everything's geared up, and like, you know, even, even this year, if you win one, 
and lose the next week, you're out within a, you're still out within a week, two games. Whereas years ago, if you had a knockout championship, if you won your first one, there'd be a three week break before your next one. So you're in the championship for a month. Do yeah. you know that kind? Of? Yeah, I know. But it is a pity. It's it's probably again another missed opportunity. I would say from 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 uh, the GA not to have some sort of backdoor. And and talking to one of the lads down in Carlo, uh, he had a, made a fair suggestion that even it was at provincial final level that there's a backdoor opportunity there. Like, I think these, whether they still do it at a minor level, they used to do that when I was playing minor. That if you got to your provincial final and you lost, you get another go. But, right. but I think there is time, there is space there to, to, to throw in at least one additional opportunity uh, to give guys a, a chance to get two meaningful championship games, you know. But, yeah, um, it's just, it does make it that little bit more frustrating in the, in the summer. Mm. But you're too young to have worried about knockout football. Me and Brendan um, aren't. I played knockout in 1998 Thankfully, we won our first game and got knocked out the next one. So, like I said, we're in yeah. the champ- we're in the championship for a month, which didn't seem too bad. I was looking up your history, Brendan. Uh, 1998 Ulster final, you lost it. Joe Brawley blew a few kisses. All those kind of things. A heartbreaking loss, losing at the last minute. You went out in the championship in 1999 and you're knocked out, out of the championship football on June the 6th. Yeah, plonker. Um... <laughs> Yeah, um, I, well, do you know the only thing about that? And funny when I was looking into the, the, the scheme at the weekend too, was the club aspect of that, you know, which we obviously completely crushed for years. It's finally getting its its uh, proper standard in terms of the year and in the calendar. But, you know, the club we had there, Dunans, was, was, was good at the time. We were always in about the county finals. I think I was involved in 11 of them in, in the time there. So as much as the county thing was, was massive then, it kind of felt like if you were good enough to go on a run, you did. And if you weren't, you weren't, which is another aspect of it, really, because sometimes lads surely can go through, might want an odd backdoor game. But, you know, where are they going uh, in terms of uh, the championship? Yeah. So I think in many ways, if you're beat, you kind of had to assess that and come back with something fresh. And you had a whole year's planning to do that around the, the National League. And that's so there was, there was plenty of arguments for and against that. But I just think, when football started to go up and up in terms of interest and the GAA, you know, started to redevelop stadiums and, and TV and everything started to get involved in it, they certainly knew that one game wasn't enough in championship and obviously at the back door, the qualifiers. And if you remember the early days of the back door, like, nobody went to the games. It was quite strange. There was a lot of games nobody went to. Nobody could understand what was happening. There was much less at it than, than the National League game, let's say. So eventually then people started to, to get behind their teams and realise teams could go on a run and... I think we've seen massive crowds in after the first couple of years and there's real excitement around it. I think for a team like Donegal, I suppose, we uh, often came up short in Ulster. We were more played like a southern team. And I think in the first, I remember seeing a, a stat the first five or six years, the back door, Donegal won more teams, won more games than anybody else in the back door. So it just showed where, where our football kind of lay at, at the time. Um, we preferred coming down to the the softies in the south. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody went to the nobody went to the games at the start. Nobody went training before the meter chair because when yeah. we if we got knocked out, the whole thing was so kind of new. You're like you'd be lucky to get everyone to training the following week because you're used to just losing and you're out of the championship. But that's it. But that's a good point, uh, Brendan makes. Like a run in the qualifiers for Carlo, for example. You know you're not going anywhere. You're just trying to you know get a few wins. And I suppose those getting those few wins is much better when your supporters go and, you know, I'm wondering yeah. what a run in the qualifiers would mean anyways now. No, there's probably a couple of things there for me, I think, where there's no backdoor opportunity and you have an open draw in the provincial championships and with Ulster being so competitive and the example you gave uh, Brendan back in 99, 98, 
if two of your uh, you know likely all Ireland semi finalists or potential finalists are drawn against each other in the first round of Ulster, um, or Cork and Kerry are drawn against each other in the first round of of uh, uh, a Munster, and probably Dublin and Mead. I mean, we're still going well back then. One of a potential all Ireland final, semi finals is going to be knocked out. And I think those teams are, are, are can, can have a bad day. And to give those teams, which was great about the qualifiers, to, 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 to give those particular teams an opportunity to probably sort the stuff out. Um, the likes of the Division 3 and 4 teams, I think we need another competition. Whether it, it is that Talchon Cup or whether it's three tiers of football. I think that would be uh, more achievable for, for, for teams that are playing in the lower divisions with <clears throat> some sort of option of, of progressing into, say, the All-Ireland uh, uh, Sam Maguire series if they, if they were to win their, their uh, Tier 2 or Tier 3 competition. Um, but And then the third thing, from again, playing with St. Vincent's, I know you had it in your club notes, or in your notes sent out earlier, but we, we played knockout with St. Vincent's for, uh, in Dublin for probably about 18 years senior with the club so 8 or 9 of those years were straight knockout and we never got a brutal draw and we got Ballybowen I think <clears throat> the second round and uh, that was probably the toughest earliest draw we ever got but Castle Knock when they were up and coming drew against since, uh, uh, Owen Rio Oliver Plunkett's an off lot and um, Plunkett's also drew against Kilmacook Croaks for a number of years and those three teams certainly Plunkett's and Croaks at that time were potential uh, uh, Dublin champions or finalists one of those teams was gone in the first round yeah. and uh, now it added, added huge um, uh, excitement to the game and even as a player when you, as we've all gone into those knockout games it is something different when you're in the car going to the uh, county grounds when, when you know that it's, it's do or die here it's an extra buzz which is part of it, uh, the enjoyment yeah. of actually playing it's playing, playing, what it's all about yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, the, yeah. N- the knockout and the supporters part of it since you called us softies uh, Brendan I'm going to throw <laughs> this one to you you know the the kind of Ulster Hardman Championship you know the the bench press we the bench but come here Mickey Graham I'm only joking with you <laughs> Mickey Graham was talking about Ulster football right and he says if you're looking at the league and looking at the form guide you would probably say that Dublin and Kerry seem to be pushing on again and Ulster football is that bit behind. You would hope it wasn't the case, but on the evidence of what we've seen so far, there has to be a link. Cavan Ulster champions in Division 4, Tyrone getting destroyed by, by Kerry, Sorry. Dublin pretty much destroying Donegal, whether you like the tactics or not. You know, they were at their ease. Like, is this a case that Ulster football, after being so strong for so long, since the start of the 90s, could be on the slide? I, but it's it's a deep one. I think is it is it a question that Dublin have just raised the bar so so high, and Kerry, being you know the former kings of of football, are trying to respond, and they're just putting absolutely everything into that, and they're realizing that they have to up their game substantially. And if you look where Kerry outside of last year, in terms of uh, that defeat to Cork, which was a shock, they're so far ahead of everybody in Munster, and Dublin are so far ahead of everybody in Leinster that they've just are we, are we looking at two squads? It's, I think in the modern times, the modern football in terms of squads, ability, you know, back and everything that goes under those teams are, are so close to professionalism. Are, are the Ulster teams at that level? They're certainly not squad ways at that level. And I don't think they have the necessary backup of, of everything that those two counties are. I, I think they operate at a different level. And I think Mayo probably are, are close behind that in terms of kind of, they seem to be able to, have, have huge resources in terms of uh, financial backing too as well. Uh, well, you know, I'm not saying that's a singular reason, 
But I just think that if you look at Ulster, you're right, there's like a chasing pack there. You know, I think Donegal, Monaghan, Tyrone, and now Armagh have stepped up as well. That's why the Ulster Championship for me is probably more interesting than all Ireland itself because there's so many teams that have a cut at each other in it and teams seem to be getting their house in order. You even look at, at Derry coming up, you know, Armagh, or Antrim coming up as well. Um, as I say, down are, are out of sorts a bit. And so the Gavin relegation was, was very surprising. You know, so I think all those sides now are are, are certainly playing catch-up to, to two teams that are seemingly pulling away from everybody else, Willie. And, and you think about particularly Crow Park in that too and, and how good Dublin are there and how used to Kerry are there as well. They're both grounds that they just, I think, come to their best. In. And I think Ulster teams coming out of Ulster Having, having shots and cuts at each other, it's just such a different football then when they get to Crow Park. And you've seen, Willie, you've highlighted many times about tactics, about coming up short and how you're going to beat the like of the Dubs. And I think for, for until an Ulster team takes a, takes a big scalp, uh, I, I certainly think you'd say you're, you're correct. You know, they're in a chasing pack. Yeah, that's definitely a problem with Tyrone and Donegal is taking those big scalps, which are Kerry, Dublin and Mayo. There's one thing always about the Ulster football, and maybe it's just be- because what we remember in the 90s and the 2000s, and like, it is competitive. But I look at the game of the weekend this weekend, Jaron. I think oh, d- down Donegal looks like that's the game of the yeah. weekend. But why is Kerry and Clare? Like, Kerry are better than Donegal and Clare are better than down. Why do, you, why do we always think, may, I don't know, maybe because they're closer matches and there's the, the fear that Kerry might blow Clare away. But like, if Donegal are All-Ireland contenders, down are a, a lower Division 2 team. You know, should we not be thinking down are going to, or Donegal are going to blow down away the same way Kerry are going to blow Clare away? It's, it's probably, we've been conditioned to, to associate with Clare with, with Hurling and, and, and probably consider them to be uh, more of a Hurling county than they are football. And obviously the, the proof was in the pudding with, with what they've won um, on the hurling side of things and playing in the uh, the top division. But at the same time, uh, the Clare footballers have been consistently knocking around Division 2. They've, they've they've looked to get promoted on a couple of occasions over the last number of years, but I fell short and they're in the right division for them because they mightn't have... They've very strong 2022 players in Clare. The back end of the panel probably wouldn't get into most uh, Division 1 to county squads. Ah, so yeah, they wouldn't be good enough for Division 1. They, they wouldn't be good enough and, and, and that's where you need a bit o- of depth. Do we slightly overrate these Ulster matches? Well, well, uh, for me, what's enjoyable, um, what I look forward to in the Ulster Championship and nearly the mini Ulster Championship, the way the divisions were regionalised for the league this year, was teams are so close to one another. There's so many rivalries that they've built up with one another over, over numerous years and that... Regardless, I can only imagine, uh, and Brendan will, will know more from playing in the Ulster Championship, but regardless of tactics and how you want to play, if there's, a, again, I've probably used the phrase, a healthy bit of hatred for your opponents, that does creep into your psyche and it creeps into the team and sometimes tactics go out the window and it's well, a bit of a we're, dogfight. We're good at that in Ulster, Jerry. Yeah, we're I know. And that's why when, when, um, we, we, we played Monaghan in loads of challenges under, under Pat Gilroy in the early years. And because um, they were tough digging matches a lot of the time, and uh, but I'd say we played each other about three or four times a season uh, in in, uh, in challenge games for a number of years, because it was perceived that we were too soft. And same way that Brendan was saying in his early years, they were probably too soft that they weren't hardened enough for the the six counties type of football. But um, but for me, I'd say the, the 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 attention is given to the Ulster Championship and those matches, even though I think Donegal should be hockeying down. 
but um, we'll know more uh, in a couple of days. But generally speaking, they are far more competitive. And uh, and again, ties in with what Brendan's saying. It's 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 more tightly, hotly contested championship than the All Ireland series at the moment. Yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, maybe that's it, Brendan. Peter Keane has been talking about Kerry's defence because every year. Uh, Brendan, we talk about Kerry's defence and you say, oh, their defence isn't good enough. And I don't go along with that. Like, I mean, they've played Dublin in two Ireland finals two years ago and they held Dublin to 116. And that's the same as what Mayo held Dublin with too. And Mayo are seen as having a brilliant defence. Like, I'm just using that as an example. So they're back at it this year again, criticising Kerry's defence based on the four goals they conceded against Dublin. You'll say fair enough. And I think Peter Keane was responding back to the Gooch who was saying they don't communicate enough on the field. And Peter Keane has, has come back. He says, we played Galway, we conceded 11 scores. Um, we only conceded 1-3 against Dublin in the second half. We played Roscommon, we conceded 1-12, which is 13 scores. The most scores we conceded was the against Tyrone, 1-14, which is 15 scores. Which, like, I mean, you're still saying if you were going out with a, with a team Kerry have and you're conceding 1-14, they'd probably take that, you mm. know? Like, I mean... Do we think we overdo the Kerry defence isn't good enough kind of thing? Yeah, well, I, well I'd say we possibly come. I mean, the signs of things, you know, um, uh, Tommy Griffin's coaching the backs now and, and Morris Spitz is coaching the forwards. And if you look at Tony Buckley not being replaced, uh, well, you just think that Peter Keane was happy enough that the structure's in place. He was happy enough getting into this season. He has put a bit of pressure on himself by doing that. He's in his third year. Obviously, they had that shocked defeat last year and people are saying they got their tactics wrong they were too defensive so they've really started blowing teams away I think this year and really uh, flexing their muscles so I think it's that counterbalance uh, well they don't seem as locked tight as maybe Dublin do but I don't think they need to play that way you know I think their strength is outscoring teams so what what Keane has quoted there in terms of scores for you're always going to think Kerry are going to score more than that it's just interesting that they haven't taken in a, a coach uh, Willie, so he must be happy enough in his mind that, that what they have, uh, they're, they're ready for a big uh, attack this year. And I just think, you know, with Clare, you know, Collins has done well there. He seems to have broken the kind of mantra about, you know, Clare football and, and that there's people from the Hurling side that have committed. And it, it's, it's hateful when you have to have that ding dong between Hurling and football. But he certainly has galvanised Clare. They, they've stuck with Kerry the last couple of games they've played, you know, and give them a match right up to maybe. 15 minutes or so. so. So you're right. That has a potential. I mean, is there a shock this weekend somewhere? Um, you're right. Everybody's writing off um, uh, Claire completely. And I think they'll be uh, they'll be ready for a, for a bad layer as much as, as, as down. Well, I just think the difference, as you were saying there, with Jair, that if you look at the history of some of those counties, you see they've had, you know, unbelievable periods of time of, of brilliant football. And I think that's why people in Down still look back to that. And I think if you look what happened in Armagh in terms of what McGinney's done there, players have stuck with him and it's taken some time for Armada to come back competitive and down of the same ingredients at the same kind of level of club football. I mean, you look at Kilcrew and the brilliance that they have. So there's a, there's a real pedigree in down, but until they commit to the county, and I think that's a huge aspect. If you look at different counties, on top of everything else, as we just spoke about resources and the talent pulling that, the players in down are committed. I mean, good few Kilcrew players stepped away, the Johnson brothers, Ward, stepped away this year. Maybe they're looking at the whole championship thinking, right, we have four, four league games uh, or three, four league games and we're going to have a championship which we can't win. And Kilcoo obviously are, are thinking there's going to be a great uh, championship ahead from them. They're going to look to one down and, and one Ulster. 
So that's not happening in other counties. And I think that's another huge handicap to a team like uh, Down going into this. And every other team like that, Clare's the same. If you look at the, the battle with Hurland, they don't have the full talent pool that they should have. So it's, that's what just makes makes it so difficult to catch up to these uh, superpowers that likes carry. Well, well, it is like, I mean, and everybody talks about that. And Paddy Talley's been talking this week about not having players committed, like the Johnson brothers, like you're talking about, Brendan. Mm. Then you look at Dublin, and they're done with Jack McCaffrey and Paul Mannion. So I'll see your two Johnson brothers and I'll raise you. Like, mm. I think every county is. I do accept that the big counties, Jesus, if, you've, numbers, if you have a chance yeah. of winning in All-Ireland, you'll commit more. Yeah. But down through the years with, with every county, that's, that's, that's always been the way. Yeah. It, it's, um, it, is, it is a mindset and, and I, I can fully appreciate what Brendan's talking about where a senior inter-county player is, is, is a club man <clears throat> first and foremost and what good club managers do with their players who are representing uh, the club or the county they still get inside their heads and they make sure that they're committing as much as they can to the club as well um, and it's very very difficult probably to serve two masters and I'd say what Paddy Talley is getting at and I know Paddy through the colleges and he's done great things with St Mary's when the Sigerson a few years ago, um, a guy has to just give everything to, to 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 the one cause and the one purpose, and he has to think like an elite player away from the field, and whether he likes it or not, the club is a poor relation when you're an inter county player. Although you do have to show your face and commit when the club championship is up and running, so it's it, it, it's a tough challenge for a. a uh, a talented club man and inter county guy to to, to 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 handle, and equally it's a, it's it's quite difficult for a decent county manager, particularly when Brendan talks about the the raw ingredients that are available to them, and the raw ingredients that are available to our ma. It's taken McGee, I think he's in his sixth or seventh year now, and in fairness, he has to mow him really really well, um, and that's a big task that Paddy Talley has, and and probably the off season when the club is finished this year. Uh, a lot of those down players probably have to commit very, very quickly to to, to get back to a level of conditioning that is uh, required to to p- progress through the ranks. You know, so it's yeah. uh, it's tough trying to serve all those masters. Yeah, you know? no, it, def- it definitely is. Come here before we get into the matches. I was interested to read Stevie Macdonald. He had a piece in the Irish News, uh, <coughs> Brendan, and he was talking about my job was made easier. When certain players like Aidan O'Rourke, Kieran McGinney, Paul McGray and John McEntee had the ball, I always knew they were definitely going to deliver it, right? And it just kind of made me laugh because I was thinking back when I was playing with Leash and like there's certain lads you just mm-hmm. wouldn't run because you just know they're going to put the head down and they're going to, they're going to solo it. And then you have other players that if they get on the ball, I'm coming alive. This is coming in. And... I don't know, like, I mean, you would imagine you have a game plan where you kind of know it's one or the other. Like, I mean, I'd imagine you're playing in the full forward line with Donegal and you were a predominantly hand-passing team. Like, I mean, wh- who are you making the run? Who has the ball when you're making the run? <laughs> I usually hung about around the 13 for the handy free, uh, Willie, you know yourself. <laughs> but, uh, no, listen, I know, and unfortunately, listen, I know them passes all too well because I was usually at the other end of the pitch watching them get into Stevie Mack and uh, what a player he was, by the way, and uh, uh, top man as well. But uh, that Dharma had that system at the time where they, they opened up space in the crossfield pass. And you're right, sometimes you get a, a bit of telepathy with certain players out the pitch where you know they will release early. And uh, it's something that just, that split second is just the making, making of it and... You're right, there are certain players in, in your team will, will carry the ball and certain players would kick past it, but 
it was just up to the flow of the game. And I don't think we were necessarily an overly hand-passing team. I think that came out of real kind of back in the 92 days. I think certain different managers were in all different styles, you know. I think the one style we didn't get was was rigid defence, which as much as I hated, we could have done with a bit of it at the time. And that all changed, of course, when uh, Jimmy Tunes came in. <laughs> well, it definitely, definitely did. But it's interesting that two of the good kick passers that he, he uh, mentions there on the half-back line. Yeah. Right? So you have Aidan O'Rourke and Kieran McGinney. And I was looking down through all the top teams, right? So you have du- Dublin's kick passers. Who are Dublin's kick passers? Fenton, Scully, Howard. Like, is McDade small... Or Johnny Cooper known for kick passes? They're not. Where I remember back in the day, like you would have, like you, yeah. you're definitely looking for the kick pass. You yeah. look at, you look at uh, Kerry, and they have, you know, they have more in the midfield who maybe kicks too much. We spoke about that. Paddy Clifford, Geeny, Minehan will drop out looking for the kick pass. Who yeah. are their halfback line? Paul Murphy, White, Crowley, not known for their kick pass. And you know, is that something that's Mayo? None of Mayo's defenders are known for kick pass, and they're a running team. Maybe Durkin can kick pass it. Well, Mayo's kick passes are from midfield up. You know, is having good kick passers on your half back line, and you're there because you're a good kick passer. That's gone, is it? it, it it's it's. I suppose the manager has to look at what he has available to him, and then he probably has to design the way he's playing, in some ways uh, based on those particular uh, skill sets that those lads have. Um, I said, Brendan, obviously up forward. You know, you're going to make harder runs when 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 a certain guy has the ball because you know he's going to be looking, uh, have have his head up and looking to release it nice and early. Whereas other guys, you know, they're just going to take a couple of touches. They're going to pass the left or pass it right. But it comes down to knowing as a, as a player, Willie, what you're capable of doing, what your range is, and some guys kick passing range is a, is a, is a 40, 50 metre pass and other guys kick pass and range is 15, 20 metres and it's probably playing the percentages within uh, that range to be able to execute uh, uh, what you're able to do. I, 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 I was flicking at the, watching the 2011 final um, when we played Kerry. I was watching over the weekend for uh, something else. That's the first time actually watching the first half. The amount of Balls we kicked away yeah. in the first half we were brutal. Actually. Even that recent, but that's that yeah. was the game back then. That was the game, but 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 Kerry were far far superior uh, than us in that in, in that particular half. But 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 we were looking. Our game plan at that time was to kick the ball into the lads and let them kind of battle for it, give them a sixty forty. You know, whereas now the way the game is, it's it's, it's you know hundred percent passes more often than not. So uh, players are probably being assessed. At the end of a match, they're getting the statistics. They're probably their tackle count is up, their possession count is up. What came off their possessions, and some fellas are get excited by well, I had thirty possessions and I didn't give the ball away once, but you only passed the ball five yards to the left or five yards to the right, which is I think happened to Dublin with Kieran Kilkenny maybe midway during Jim yeah. Jim Jim Gavin's career uh, with the lads where his natural inclination to attack and take guys on. Um, was curbed because he was nearly overcoached, and I know I've talked about yeah. that. Uh, we can curb he had fifty. Guys he had fifty-five yeah. possessions, and he was being celebrated. And I was pulling my hair out on yeah. the Sunday game. I was like, "This is incredible!" I was like, yeah, yeah. "What's he doing with that?" Yeah, yeah. What comes of it? Like you know, which is which is important. Uh, but I, I look at it, for me, it's a very simple game. Get the ball up to your your uh, uh, creative forwards as quick as possible, and if you can do it with the boot, perfect. If you can't, and you need to work it through the through the hands, well, well, that's what you do. But the kick pass. It's what people want to see, like you know. I, I, well, I think so. And then I was looking through the Donegal team, Brendan. Like, there's literally no player on the Donegal team <clears throat> until the half forward line that that you know is known for for a kick pass. 
Well, yeah. that, that, that's the thing, Brendan. I don't know if I was over an underage team, Brendan, passing the ball backwards would be banned. And yeah. I would just have that in my, as my team, if they're under 12, you turn around and give it back to a fella behind you. I don't want to know about you. Yeah. Let's go for it. Like the way Mayo play. And that's one that jumps. I keep talking about Mayo in that regard, that they're always going straight ahead. Um, geez, I don't want to use Donegal as an example now of a team that doesn't do that, Brendan, or you'll eat me. But like, I mean, you know, the sideways stuff, that's not what you want to be telling children to do. No, certainly, Willie. I think uh, any team would be lucky to have you uh, in charge. Under 12 is about your limit, I think, in terms of uh, what you know that the game would stop there. But, He's getting uh, back now. <laughs> but but uh, well, I've heard some horror stories about uh, underage stuff like that there too. Oh, I mean, it's bad enough at, at, at men's senior level, yeah. uh, making so many players be robotic. Now, I know there are certain players, as I said, that, that are the players that open things up in the camp. But I always think everybody should, should have a go within reason. You know, you hear about players not being allowed to shoot. So I heard about a club, local club down the road here from me that the manager, there was only two players that were allowed to shoot. Honestly, honest. they were like, when you get inside the 30, you had to give it to these players. Now, this, was a, this was a senior, uh, it wasn't a senior team, but it was a men's team. But yeah, I've heard of blitzes and that and, and players playing all out the uh, blanket defence and that. And it's absolutely shocking. You know, I, I don't know where all this comes from. I, it's just, I suppose, the volunteers we have out there, we can't expect everybody to be perfect. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, going back to the discussion me and you had before, really, there's there's a way we have to, you know, I think, play the game within reason. And certainly from for underage up, you know, we, we having a goal. Do you remember that video came out, that schools game there up the north where the team just kept the ball? 2-1 or something uh, to finish, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was absolutely shocking. So, you know, if we're putting that in there, young players, it's 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 a real crime, crime against the game. So... And then, as, as Jerry was saying, I think that the, the, the flow is, is coming around. The skills of the game is coming back up. And I think that's what the young lads are then are going to look up to see. Mm. So I just get a bit of a fear, really, that it's taken a lot longer to filter through at club level than it is at county level. And I still see some, some horror shows, but maybe that's more up here in Donegal. Well, that, that's obviously the thing, Jerry. Like, I mean, you have volunteers who are over underage teams yeah. and their parents and I don't blame them for seeing how the game's been played on the Sunday and then telling the children because, you know, yeah. they, they probably they're, don't they're know any their, better. They're, they're doing, doing their best. best. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, they're doing their best and, and, and again, maybe this is where maybe Dublin have, have, have been able to get their house in order a good few years ago uh, and where they've gotten solid club uh, GPOs who are coaching the parents they're telling the parents that's you know yeah, give yeah. them the basics yeah it's give them it's give them the basics and 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 and, and you know the the parent who's bringing their kid up to the club for the first time but grew up playing soccer or no sport and all of a sudden here we need bodies you get involved mind those young lads over there yeah and uh so those guys certainly in a lot of the Dublin clubs are are definitely being coached so coaching the coaches is a, is a big part for like you know and yeah. uh but but yeah 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 you can't fault their efforts uh, those those kind of people but uh, uh, certainly my role uh, yeah 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 I I I'm at a lot of games and and and, and sessions and uh, yeah you hear all sorts of funny things and uh, that would be way off but I mean, <laughs> go so on yeah. huh? go on oh no well just along just the lines of coaching yeah just 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 kind of managers and. Uh, 
you know, the old, sometimes you hear the old lad in the stands still, uh, still saying, let it in, let it in. And you could be in there being marked by three lads, like, you know, and uh, no, don't let it in on that occasion, you know, because you'll get bashed. But uh, so uh, you don't hear it, let it in at matches anymore. No, it's gone That's now, it's, it? Jesus, yeah. it's gone now. We need there, to get that back, do we? Yeah. There's no matches. There's no one at the matches, I suppose. <laughs> there's no, the matches, there's yeah. no like let it in. Even the old the old timers have given yeah. up on it, have yeah, they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Poor, poor old Dibbles. Because um, I remember in 2011, I've mentioned this to you in the show before when yeah. we played Donegal. And I specifically yeah. remember you. I was on Hill 16 for yeah. that. And you continually kicked the ball in. Yeah. But you'd never seen anything like this before. Yeah. And you wanted to get into Bernard. That was yeah. your game plan. Yeah. And I was like, let it in. Yeah. Nah, uh-uh. yeah we, it's not we, the smartest thing to do that day. We, 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 we sorted it out at half time, in fairness. And uh, I think, was it Bernard and Kev? Uh, Dermot Connolly and, and uh, Kev McMenamin came in and was give the ball to the lads and let the lads run at them. And that was... What got us over the line just about? Who came up with that, Pat? Pat in yeah, half time, yeah. But yeah, Pat there, Mickey Whelan was there. Um, it was something we actually hadn't practiced, like, you know, but uh, we figured it would have been defensive ish. But um, who was a full forward? You had McFadden full forward. He was Colin brilliant. McFadden, yeah. Was, 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 was just on his own? Just, yeah, he was on his I own. I don't see at the time. Uh, yeah. They leave one up at the time. Yeah. You know, people were like, what the hell's going on now? Yeah. You might even see one up, but uh, yeah, yeah. Donegal. That, that that was the first game I was ever at that was that was booed. Yeah. Uh, at uh, Croker, yeah. it was the weirdest game ever. And was, listen, you know that season was funny. In respect to Dublin, no, you look at McGuinness's four years, his tenure there. Like as you said there, Pat, you just come on. I, I know you might have been expecting it to be that altered, but you still deal with it. Yeah. Uh, in some way, if you look at twenty twelve, then. Everybody got sucked under Donegal's uh, pattern of play, you know. And listen, don't get me wrong, Donegal were brilliant. Um, fitness went up through the roof tactically. Um, I think, you know, injury free, everything just seemed to click. But what also clicked with them was the, 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 the ineptitude for me of the managers that they played that just said, right, we're going to play our own game. And as you see, you know, you play your own game against a counter-attacking team and you're going to be in trouble. I just couldn't believe some, some of the decisions tactically. In, in 2012 and, and Donegal went right through and if you look at it then they obviously had 2013 off and 2014 then teams like that carried in I suppose in the All-Ireland final you know went tactically very like Donegal and once a team I think top teams set up similar it's down to the small the small margins and, and Kerry just happened to come out on top that day and I think that's what we've seen over the years then tactics have, have, have ground their halt in terms of it being low scoring and, and terrible teams say, well, you may as well start to attack each other and, and at least then, you know, the top team's going to come out in terms of scoring. So thankfully the game has changed that way around, but there was a there was a few dark days uh, uh, but you just came out on top of that one at least. The, the, the one yeah. big thing you did back then was you left your backs in their positions. You didn't get sucked into yeah. the counter-attack with Donegal. Yeah. But it's an interesting thing what Brendan says that, that I was I heard the booing that day and I'd never seen anything like it. I was yeah. like, this is just... I didn't know whether it was interesting or whether it was an abomination. I just, I was kind of in shock as in, yeah. I did, I'd never seen anything that extreme before. And now me and Brendan were having an, a, a debate last week. We have the best team in the country putting all their players inside the at least the 65. And it's perfectly normal. This yeah. is how accustomed we are 10 years later to that abomination, yeah. to the best team in the country being celebrated. Now, Dublin don't head off back and wait for you there. There's so, there are subtle differences. Yeah. But haven't we become so used to this? Yeah, it's amazing um, how, how we do become accustomed to, to, to what's in front of us and uh, the herd mentality that exists in, in, uh, in human nature that everyone probably jumps on, on board and wants to be 
uh, seen as a, a part of the same crew. But like in, in, in Dublin and even I know we chatted briefly about Kerry earlier and their defence, like like like. like Kerry and, and Dublin, they're only their forwards are only tracking back if they have to. If, if, if the old roving corner back doesn't go forward, well, the lads will tend to hold the position, like you know, uh, and uh, which is probably the difference between the likes of certainly Mayo, Dublin, Kerry in their defensive model that they will only track back if there's a if, up front if there's a need to track back. Where the other stuff we're talking about with, with, with Donegal going back and some other teams, where it's systematically like if you lose the ball, run back from. The opposition's forty five to, to your forty five and and set up shop there and wait for them to come up to you, like you know. Yeah, no, Which I is, agree. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not throwing this to Brendan. I'm not. No, you're not allowed yeah. to answer this, Brendan. We've been through all this before. Go on. What are you going to say? No, I was just going to say, well, this comes back to championship, you see, and, and teams, counties wanting to win. You know, you can park everything behind winning, particularly if you haven't been successful. Let's say. Donegal's a perfect example of it. You know, hadn't won an Ulster uh, since uh, 92 or whatever, and we're just barren of, of even winning an Ulster and then going to Ireland. So no matter what the county do, does, everyone's going to be behind that. And every county's the same. What happened was then it, it's dulled down that bit. And because it's not a league format, if you look at if you look at other competitions, people just wouldn't have that if it was week in, week out. This goes back to knockout. And, you know, if yeah. your team wins ugly... Your county's still going to accept that because you want the one, and this is the the dilemma we've been in in the GA, and that's why we haven't got, left it, even though it got really bad, and we've got used to say tactics together, it's because it still comes down, and you said it to me, Dublin did that, yeah, but they've got six All Irelands, so that this is this is the six in a row, sorry, so so this is where it comes back to, well, it comes back to the the, the kind of nature of championship versus the how much you want to entertain. And it's always going to come to one first, and that's why the tactics kind of suffocated it. But as we've been saying, it is it is getting better. I think the games are, are still more enjoyable. I think the skills of the game, particularly at forward play, has reached a level I've never seen before. And I think in those moments, there's enough for us to to get excited about, even though teams are still dropping, as you say, the full team inside the forty-five. Yeah, yeah and and. And the question I throw out to you lads is is like if you have a group of players and in the very short term they have their limitations, parking the bus is you know makes sense. But are you developing them and developing those guys uh, to actually win in year two or year three or or beyond that? You're probably not. So you might win the first round or two of your championship, but you get found out eventually by 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 a team that's a bit more balanced offensively and defensively. So it's it it it's it, it, it's kind of it's it's a tough thing to. I'm only thinking of my own involvement, even Ricardo as well. Is is uh, you know, it's 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 far simpler and easier to to bring guys back and to, and to leave them there. And will it slow down uh, better opponents or, or or teams with a bigger pick? Of course it will. But over the course of the seventy or eighty minutes as it's going now, you're still going to get bet. So do you want to get bet playing something that is progressive and uh, enjoyable? Uh, and the same way that Kerry are now doing now that they're just going for it yeah we might concede the odd goal or two albeit four against Dublin but other than that they've done quite well as you, as you described but uh, we're going to back ourselves with our football ability our, our attacking ability and we're going to let the lads get them fit get them healthy get them enjoying their football and let's see what happens let's take it to the opposition and uh, if you ship one or two goals in the back fair enough we're going to score more at the other end, you know. But yeah, um, it seems to be changing uh, yeah. to that philosophy. We'll we'll come back in part two and we'll talk a little bit about that. 
Okay, so like we said, we're going to start with Down versus Donegal um, in Esler Park at the weekend. And Declan Bonner has been talking before this one. And he says, it's one of those things on the training ground. You're always looking for your tack and how you can improve that. But at the same time, it's about getting the balance. So we, we would have been working on both elements and every other manager would be. From then, we had to make sure we wouldn't be conceding four goals. And here's the thing, uh, Brendan, I'll start with you. And I'm not always trying to be down on Donegal. I rate Donegal so highly. That's why they frustrate me a, a little bit. And for example, I, I can see Donegal going back to a more cagey game this weekend against Down. I can see them not blowing away down like they should be really doing. For a d- bottom Division 2 level team, they should be blowing down away. And I don't think they will blow down away. Um, like I mean you look at Kerry they conceded the four goals against Dublin Kerry didn't rip up the script Kerry are sticking to what they think they're good at like for example Tyg Morley allowed Khan double back along the end line I'm sure Kerry worked on that in, in, on a video session says look Tyg you have to stay goal side of your man like we spoke about on the show stay goal side of him. that can't happen again like the other, the other goal against Dublin from a big long ball from Scully how is Paul Murphy left one on one with Conor Callaghan who's brilliant in the air lads how did that happen well I swapped man with him you know why didn't you ask a midfielder to come back and help you when you found yourself in that you know there's all these things that can get ironed out and you won't iron them out unless you can make those mistakes for the championship I don't think and this is the point I'm, maybe I'm a bit blue in the face saying it or I'm overdoing it just because you concede four goals doesn't mean you rip up the script you just coach the players to get better and not concede those same type of goals you might concede another one but then you iron that out and then you get to a stage maybe in year two year three where very few goals are going to come against you that you haven't discussed yeah, I think, well, are you reading under the Dublin performance? Or um, just after Monaghan? No, I think the, the way Donegal have slightly changed since they conceded the four goals against Monaghan. Uh, and Bonner has commented uh, on it a few times. Uh, well, I, I think Donegal are basically playing the same a lot of the time. I think when you see a game opening up, as we spoke there earlier, there is, there is that speed in the attack, which seems to be opening up maybe the, the opposite end of the pitch sometimes. And, and that's what we're seeing is the same. We're also seeing a huge elevation in terms of point scoring. I mean, well, there's such a, a, a high percentage of scores going over now and free kicks converted, etc. I think that's all leading to that. But Donegal are playing the same way, uh, by and large. Um, I think after Monaghan, against Armada, they conceded one goal and didn't concede a lot of goal chances. But again... The, the Spectre and Murphy, and you know, Donegal is such a good team, and I don't like to go back to the Murphy scenario, but you know, so much changes when, when, when he's on that middle, middle of that pitch and conducting things for Donegal, just in different moments. He just seems to calm or set up or, or, or do something for Donegal, and I think that's actually been important, and I think it'll work well for Donegal coming in. The fact that they did, I think, against Dublin, there were so many players missing, they're probably missing seven of the players, and, and they did revert into a very negative game, you're right. But all they wanted to avoid was the spanking that Tyrone got. And they just wanted to get through the game. And that was only two weeks two weeks ago going into this one. So it was, it, I can't read into that uh, too much. But I think you're right. I mean, you've got to stick to the tactics you have. I don't think Donegal have necessarily um, changed tactics. They've just managed what they see as, a, as an incoming season. And so that's that's going to be down. Yeah, I think... I think you've said about Donegal taking on Dublin, Wally, and you're 100% right. There's only one way to beat Dublin in terms of you have to go at them at, at times and you have to play a kick and running game. You can't sit and try and counterattack them because they'll do it to you and they'll be better at it. And this is the same for Paddy Talley and Down. You know, they obviously have two very poor performances against Mayo and Meath, which is the two teams you'd say would be closest to Donegal in terms of that division. They beat West Meath and, of course, they had the playoff against the uh, 
at least that they won. They had 219 in it, so they had a positive finish, really. But the worry for them would be that when they came up against uh, Mayo and, and, and Meath, they were they were well off it. So what is their tactics going into the game more so than Donegal? Because I think Donegal can play it anyway. If, if Down do sit and try and they have got great speed, if they do try and counter-attack Donegal and sit too deep, they'll invite Donegal on. And with Donegal's full complement back, they will get picked off. So Down's going to go into something new into this game uh, to, to upset the balance. And I think the pitch well, is very tight up there, Park Esther. Same as you know, Armagh last year when they lost to Cavan. I think Cavan physically got about Donegal which I think they were capable of doing. As I said, we're still shocked about Gavin go down in Division 4. It's unbelievable. But they did get about Donegal, and there was a lot of factors, I think, led into that. But certainly if that game maybe was was, was at a, a, a clonus or, you know, at a, at a larger pitch, I think the space would have suited Donegal a bit more. So that's maybe something they'll, they'll look at going into the game. But they are going to have to come up with something new to, to upset uh, Donegal. But I think Donegal played very professionally, uh, Willie, and if you if you believe, uh, just a quote from Connor Glass there after they they beat Offaly in the, in the in the league there, they go up to Division Two. That now we're concentrating on Donegal. So if you believe him, uh, Donegal is only one. <laughs> We've got a tip yeah, of Connor Glass before yeah. I even ask you. Yeah, Brendan mentioned Michael Murphy there. Like I mean, he does conduct things around midfield, but surely after being out for a month with a hamstring injury, we'll see him spend an awful lot more time, Jerry, in at fourteen. You'd imagine. Yeah, no, I would agree with you there. It's regardless of, 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 of how fit you are and how wonderful a player you are, uh, coming back into uh, your first game back as a, a senior championship match, it, look at the, the extra bit of intensity that does come uh, with, with uh, knockout football would be huge. And uh, Michael's been around the block long enough and I, I would imagine that Bonner will, will nearly leave it to him to, 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 to call it himself to probably come in and out just to get his bit of a breather. Um uh, inside, but obviously he'd be a, a danger man in there too, and then come out then if he has to, to pick up a lot of ball. But uh, I, 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 I've always loved Michael Murphy when he's inside because um, he terrorises uh, uh, full back lines because he's so strong in the air. And I actually think Tony Gall can develop a lot of their players, so a lot of athleticism in the middle in in their middle eight. Um, I'd nearly leave Michael in there for most of the game and just let the thing into him and I think he'll do untold damage you know yeah if they only they had a few kick passers yeah you're right Brennan down aren't the biggest team in the world and they're missing their midfielder John uh, Johnny Flynn who's a huge loss to them they'll have Ryan McAvoy from Kilku he's one of the only lads from Kilku on it he's only 18 and Caelan Mooney we know Caelan Mooney like mm. he's plays half back midfield centre forward wing forward wherever he's got blistering pace um, like I saw Colin O'Rourke on the Sunday game was saying he was really critical of Down he'd watched them against Mead and Mead had black cards and Down stayed in their shell and didn't come out to play but I was talking to one of the Leash players and he said geez that wasn't the Down team we played because they weren't an overly defensive team at all they're leaving three or four forwards up and working wing forwards they put most of their kickouts out to midfield until they realised Leash were doing fairly well on them and they're trying to flood the area that the long kickout is going out to. So there are a lot of positive tactics, mm. you know, that uh, before I had spoken to somebody from Leash, I would have been going along with the Colin O'Rourke kind of thing. I'm not saying Colin was wrong, but I'm definitely thinking maybe Down might have had a bit of a wake-up call throughout the league. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Burns, you mentioned that the keeper, he's had a fantastic season, and I think... That's one of the reasons he won that game against Leash was was his ability to to make one on one saves and you know I think obviously you know the, the free taker there O'Hagan he had like was one nine in that game Quinn Quinn inside too he's a handy player 
So they have got they have got positives going into the game. Well, and the down teams that I know, and as I say, the last couple of games I've been at Park Esther, it's been real championship old school kind of stuff. There's been a real white heat there, and they're even with teams playing a bit defensively, and that's what we're seeing now. There still is that bit more cut. Um, we, we've seen that that slow hand pass and people rotating off. Teams do press teams at different places around the pitch. And I think that's the thing for Down. They have to get about Donegal, not vice versa. Donegal have the ball players. They have better scoring forwards. They're going to control a lot of the ball. So where the Down uh, uh, tactically go at Donegal, they can't just let Donegal have the ball. They have to squeeze up in them. And I think that's what you've seen with Cavan at times. And Armada did it to Donegal there uh, recently in that league game. At different times, only they sat back. I think they, they could have won that match. They just went under their shell a bit. But at times, they pushed up and engaged teams. And I think that is the real key, I think, to unsettling teams. Now, sure, if, if a team has got, got a, a better uh, ability than you, you have to upset them in some way. So I think for down to do that, they have to engage Donegal, try and get turnover ball, try and get in for a couple of goals. Because if it is just two teams playing similar, as we're saying, as, as much as we mentioned the dubs earlier, Donegal's going to win the match. So the onus now is on down at home to come up with, a, with not just a strategy, strategy but a real bite. Uh, and we, I've seen that in, from down teams in the past. Sure, they're down numbers. They've been written off. So surely they can just go and have a goal, will they? And if they do play the tactics if they did, as you say, against Meath, they'll definitely be beat. But if they have a goal like they did against Leash, they may as well go down fighting. And I think that is the mood around down. Just go and have a have a go at Donegal. I'm sure as a player, what should they lose? Yeah, and it used to be the case where the defensive tactics will be a leveller, where now is the defensive tactics aren't a leveller because the other team's too smart and the, the good team will always beat the bad team if he's tr- they're trying to be defensive. So they're, they're trying to come out of that. Like, I, I can't see how Down can win this game, Ger. Like, I mean, no. Donegal have too many good players, they've too many big players, they've too many targets for their kickouts, too many scoring forwards. Down don't have enough scoring forwards. I understand Brendan's point of to knock Donegal off the game. I can't see how they're going to do it. Like, for Donegal to, to put a stamp down this weekend and say, we're all our contenders, they need to... to have give down the type of beating now I understand Kerry are at home and Donegal are away so there is a bit of a difference there but they want to be I think Donegal want to be making a statement this weekend no, definitely and I think the defeat to Cavan last year will, will, will come up in conversation in, in, in Donegal's preparations that they don't want to get caught cold like that again and uh, embarrassments maybe that's too strong rewards uh, mixed with disappointment from, from, from last year's defeat I think will drive the Donegal players on and I, I hope they come out of the blocks and, and play with that uh, speed and uh, intensity that I, I would associate with Donegal when they are moving the ball well and they could win by seven or eight points uh, fairly comfortably and fully agree with Brendan that if Down decide to be cagey, play defensive and try and get them on the counter-attack, as you've said as well, Willie, it's, it, there's only going to be one winner over the 70-80 minutes but... Uh, I'd say Paddy Talley will have to let the lads just off you go, lads, give it a go. We'll keep one or two fellas at the back, but everyone else just gets stuck in now and he, he might have to pull on the old emotional heartstrings of players to get inside their heads to get the most out of them. Yeah. And if Donegal aren't ready for that, um, they will get caught. But I'd be very surprised after last year's defeat to Cavan if, if that happens again. If it does happen again, well then 
the management probably have to make a decision then that they brought the team as far as they can. Oh, well, I would say the decision would be taken out of their hands if yeah, they don't yeah. beat down this weekend. The other one is Kerry, uh, Clare. Like, I mean, this is going to be one-sided. There's no point in saying everything, anything else. If it was in, in Cusack Park, you give Clare a chance of making yeah. respect. within Killarney, lads, Kerry hold Killarney for championship. They're practically unbeatable in Killarney. They played their league games in Tralee. I remember a few years ago, it was almost the exact same narrative mm. I drove down. 2018, I think it was, and I drove the whole way down to Killarney. I was like, geez, Clare going fierce well in Division 2. You know, Kerry, yeah, yeah. want to see what they're like. Kerry scored 32 points. I think it was 32 points to 10. I went, what did I drive down? I was kicking myself. Yeah. So, like, I mean, Clare won't cope with, with Kerry. Like, yeah. I mean, they just won't this weekend. One thing Clare don't have is Gordon Kelly. Mm-hmm. And David Clifford has him down as the hardest man he's ever he's had to mark. Yeah, and he's yeah. done well on Clifford. Um, they don't have Gary Brennan who was always able to battle yeah. in midfield who Kerry kind of feared yeah. and it looks like Jamie Malone is out like I mean for those reasons away in Killarney this whatever the handicap is I think Kerry will cover it one chance uh, that um, Clare do have if they saw the, the Mayo game Brendan is they've Darren O'Neill who must be six foot eight. he was marking Aidan O'Shea in the first half and Aidan O'Shea gave him a bit of a going over in, in even in fetching but he, he, he got two goals. He was involved in two goals in the second half. Now, we know Kerry have a little bit of a problem with a high ball. Like, you know, do Clare go through the, go through their normal game plan or do they just go, you know, rip up the script and go, here, do you know what we'll do? We'll, we'll just pepper a few balls in on him. I'd be very disappointed if he doesn't start full forward and he isn't peppered with a few. Yeah, definitely. Again, it's up to Clare to, to, to come at something and try and unhinge uh, Kerry. But you're right. I just it's, it's going to be really interesting how Kerry play this game. Like last year, I think they got bogged down, obviously, and and the, and the trying to be too tactical and just getting over the line against uh, Cork and got caught with that late goal. It was a very un-Kerry like performance. I think Kerry of all the teams have struggled to find the, the match between the modern football and, and the great football they used to play. Galway's probably the same. It it, it just it, it, I think it rankles with them that they have to do this. And they know that this is part of the modern football. And I think getting that balance is huge. And I, I think Donegal are going to, as much as we'd love to see them playing uh, brilliant football, are going to be very professional if you want in terms of how they're going to approach the down game. And I think Kerry could be the same. If they go like they were in the league, well, I think they were really flexing their muscles in the league. And the statement was coming in. I think for Peter Keane, it's going to be much more. They want to put their system in place that, that they're getting ready for, for, for bigger challenges. No disrespect to Clare. So I don't know how much they'll definitely blow them away. That could keep Clare in the game longer than we think. And as you say, that the old Route 1 style, uh, you know, how many players have a, have a guy like that down, down, down the channel that can do that? But no one can handle that type of height, uh, really. So you're looking at Clare maybe scoring three goals and not conceding for this to be... Uh, a proper contest. Yeah, it definitely. And like, I mean, everybody's talking about Kerry uh, being Dublin's main contenders and they are. Mm. And the, like the noticeable thing now, how well they're playing. Tommy Walsh off the bench, Killian Spillane off the bench, Jack Barry off the bench, Michal Burns off the bench, Jack Sherwood off the bench. Yeah, That's solid. Yeah. Like, that's that's Dublin level of impacts coming off the bench. Yeah, and, and, and even matching, uh, again, we are looking down the line a bit, but, but, but being able to match the subs that the likes of Dublin are bringing in and being aware on the sideline as a management that okay, player X is coming in, we're going to throw in player Y now to pick yeah. him up. 
uh, because we've seen the damage that that guy does when he comes in, which is Kevin McManaman example, which is Kerry were the first team that I saw doing that. You know, mm. when Kevin McManaman was such, I was at a game in Crow Park. Can't remember who Kerry actually brought on. Yeah. But the minute Ke- Kevin McManaman came on, Fitzmaurice brought on a fresh player, and yeah. I, it just seems so logical. But I hadn't seen that before. It's very logical. Yeah. And it's, it's. I'm surprised that it took so long for someone to uh, cop onto it, but. Uh, I I I I I'm looking forward to it in a couple of years' time. Not that we'll hear from Peter Keane, but maybe someone involved in the Cork Munster semi final last year um, to know what actually went, what actually was were the tactics for Kerry going into that game. They were a bit more defensive, but what what was going on in their heads? Were they thinking ahead to uh, playing against Dublin that they wanted to be a bit more structured in their defence? And then fellas got so confused and and. Uh, and Brendan's touched on it as well. When you when you comp- overcomplicate something, which is um, for the Kerry players so simple uh, for them to do, which is play football yeah. and, 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 and attack, um, um, it gets in guys' heads, and then they're overthinking it, and then they don't know where to go left or right or up or down, and then they're playing with fear as opposed to playing with a bit of fear is obviously good just to get you up for it. But uh, so I, I I think Kerry could whop Claire, um, personally speaking, regardless of. Whereas the matches up in Bally Buffet, Yenis or or uh, Fitzgerald Stadium, they're 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 going to walk them. Yeah, I think we'll all uh, we'll all agree on that. Sligo Mayo, Mayo, the other All Ireland contenders, obviously. It's a wonder are they All Ireland contenders now? Killian O'Connor has confirmed he's out. Um, you know, James Horn was talking yesterday. He says uh, Dermot O'Connor is very close, um, but Killian's out for the whole year. Not only is he out, which is a disaster because he's a physical presence, he's their scorer, Brendan. Now they might have to change things up. We were talking last week, maybe Aidan O'Shea might have to go in there. Now you're losing Aidan O'Shea from 11 or, or number 8 or 9, which is a bit of a disaster. Another factor is he's their free taker and they don't have another very obvious free taker. Like Jason Doherty is the other one that jumps out at me. He's only coming back from injury and he's not that dependable anyways as a free taker. After that, you're looking at Ryan Donoghue and Jesus, I, Connor Loftus, Darren Cohen, who can't make the start in 15. It's like, uh, arguably, Killian O'Connor is the one player that they, did, they, they, they couldn't lose. Yeah, uh, Doherty can kick it. There's a fellow there, Paul Toye, as well, that's coming through that yeah. can kick. But you're right, none of them boys look comfortable, will they? And it's one thing, you know, it's funny, um, uh, you know, talking about free takers, the, 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 the composure of Kieran was, was unbelievable. Like, he just, he's, he's ice cold and he makes. Kenny, your semi-awkward free, just looks so routine. And it's only now that, that he's out, I think, that the weight of that has, has fallen because a lot of people were asking about him in terms of being this, you know, there's the, the debate about him being this top, top-class player. I mean, what, what exactly does that mean when he contributes so much to, to, to Mayo? Surely he has to, be, has to be up there. And as I say, to have a go-to guy there, particularly in those big, tight games, well, and as I say, you can see it from the demeanour of players a couple of times that Killian hasn't been on the pitch having to take freeze. There's there's a nervousness, there's a panic that you just don't see in him. Uh, so if you can pop over those those freeze and and keep the scoreboard ticking, that keeps you in games whether you're in or out or, or pushing a lead up or whatever. So that's massive for them now. And of course for Sligo, listen, McAtee was obviously a selector in, in Mayo, the Sligo manager, and there's another fellow there in as well, uh, Keane, I think he, he's involved with Mayo as well. So they, they, they certainly know Mayo, but I mean, that's that's a massive uh, ask for Sligo, who, who didn't have the best of seasons. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I think we'll all agree uh, Sligo are going to come up short or Mayo, you know, could win that handily enough. The other big one in Leinster is Offaly and Loud, Jer. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked a good bit about Offaly. Like, we don't know 
whether the team will be demoralised after losing the league final or they'll be out to, to, to be so motivated to prove that they're better than that. Well, that's the hindsight analysis you get on Monday. You know what I mean? That's questions just practically impossible to answer right now. Yeah, and, and, and John Mahon, awfully manager, has been around the block enough to know how to manipulate and, and motivate uh, players' mindsets and, 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 again, trying to get into their heads. And Look, at, uh, I was involved with Cardo last year in the Leinster Championship against Offaly, we lost them by a point. That same Offaly team playing a similar way but playing it better got obviously promoted from Division 3 to, to Division 2 but there was obviously a split with the regionalisation in terms of probably quality overall because there you were so far ahead um, of everyone else that they uh, gave out a big hide to Offaly but for me, having been on the sideline recently uh, versus Loud in the Division 4 uh, promotion, uh, promotional game, Loud, I would fancy Loud against Offaly. I, I think overall um, they are actually quite quite developed uh, athletically right. and, 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 and physically. And while I, I, I knew they had certain qualities in preparing for the game, I was taken aback um, and, and, at their and conditioning at their conditioning and, and, and their mobility in the in the middle eight uh, which, which which Carlo just struggled to, to get the grips with now we, we, we got a bit of a hole in the second half but still we were lost by eight points which was a, a fair reflection you we know? were down eight at half time and then it was a draw in the second half it was like yeah. I was reading the report from that it's like uh, Kieran Byrne got three in the first half yeah. uh, Mulroy who we'd mentioned Conor yeah. Grimes scored one two he's yeah. a great target man so they yeah. have a nice kind of blend uh, they have a lovely blend they have a lovely system uh, all of those they're, they're, they're two midfielders Mulroy uh, Grimes I can't think of the centre back's name now uh, but they're all you know six Six two, six three, and they're all lean, mean machines. But but and, and they're decent footballers too, and they're able to get around the park. And um, I think that will cause Offaly. Uh, they, they will have more mobility than Offaly in that in that part of the field. And if they can play to the same level that they played, uh, that level played uh, against Carlo, uh, I would find it hard um, to, to 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 see uh, any other winner except for Loud. But. Okay, anyway. Brendan. What about you? This is the first one where it's a bit of a fifty-fifty. I'm not sure who to go for. I yeah. nearly take uh, Jer's, um, you know, opinion on having seen Loud up front because I wasn't impressed with Offaly at all last weekend. So I might I lean on the Loud side uh, myself here. What do you think? Yeah, same as well. And the the vibes coming out of life are, you know, the players are absolutely loving uh, Hearts uh, tenure there. Um, I know Gavin Devon's in London, but they're saying that the boys are just buzzing at training and. Funny, Jerry, you mentioned the, the middle eight. That was a, a phrase that came out of Theron and, and Hart's time, you know, mm. with the middle eight, one in the middle eight. Um, the middle third it started out, did it? Has, <laughs> yeah. Hart definitely has the, has the magic. You know, he, I've met him a few times. He has a serious presence. And I know at the end, you know, it was a clamour for him to leave Theron. And, you know, you see it's a tough job there. The two lads have come in, obviously, uh, Logan and Duhar, and it's it's been a tough start for them. But, you know, Hart's ability and his experience, and, and he can barely speak to us at the club here one time, and the man had some presence. You know, yeah. I remember thinking to myself at the time, whatever, however Tyrone do in the championship, he'll have them at their best. That That's the impression he left to me, you know, and, and he just has something about him. So sometimes that can have a huge galvanising effect on, on a county and, and bringing them on. So I think the Hart factor would, would tip me towards uh, life in this game and sets up, I suppose, um, you know, a game against Kildare, then that's the, either of these teams, I suppose you said, well, they're going to be nip and tuck. Can they elevate the level to, 
uh, maybe causing upset and tickle there to the Leinster Championship. Yeah, listen, there's there's no doubt they, they potentially could. So we'll all go for loud on that one. Carla Longford, I'm not going to ask you for a tip on this, uh, Jerem. I'm sure you've done your your homework on on Longford. Like, I mean, they have a strong team. You know, Fox, yeah. excellent. Um, Mullinocta, you have Mickey Quinn, you have Darren Gallagher in midfield, who's very good. Then obviously Robbie Smith and uh, Rian Brady, who's a lovely, tasty yeah. left footer. They they can cause that. Desi Reynolds, who was wearing number seven, I think he played wing forward the last day. He got one too. Like they're they're a good team. But Porrick Davis came out after the league and he was very honest. I was impressed with him. He says, we're a Division 3 team yeah. and we're not we're not getting above ourselves or below ourselves, but we're a solid Division 3 team. So in a way for Carlo, this is a perfect test against a team that's beatable in a, in a division that you're aspiring to get to. Yeah, no, it is. And, and, and that's something we've kind of touched upon with the players. The, this is where we want to get to. And you're playing against a very seasoned Division 3 team in Longford who yo-yo up and down, but Division 3 is where they're at. And they have a lot of seasoned players. Um, I've played against a lot of the Longford guys with St Vincent's when we played Mully Nocta in a club semi-final a couple of years ago. And they obviously went on to be Chemical Croaks um, a season or two later in the Leinster final. So so those lads have an awful lot of talent. But no, they're, they're, they've obviously played tip in the uh, relegation game to, to stay up in Division 3. And very impressive, that very, very impressive. Well, but they, they actually had a bit between their teeth. They played like they wanted it more. And and and, and um, this, despite shipping uh, a bit of a hiding against Cavan in the in the, in the regular league, uh, Longford, when it, when when they needed to turn it on and 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 represent the county with pride, they did it quite well. And the flip side then is is obviously the, the involvement with Cardo. Um, I suppose for us as a as a as a management crew, we got involved just before the last league game last year, and we won championship match, and then. We obviously have them for a couple of months now, so in a very short amount of time, maybe four months, we're, as a management group, delighted with the, the progress that the lads have made, uh, trying to iron out a couple of maybe inconsistencies, maybe week to week or session to session, to session with players, and obviously strengthening the squad and developing athletically, so it, it, it'll be a big challenge for uh, the Carlo guys, and they lost to Longford two years ago in the Championship, lost by a good, good few scores, so... Hopefully that bit of hurt will be in the system because a lot of the same players will be playing and that they can turn it around. But I'd be confident that the Carlo fellas will represent them, themselves with pride and hopefully we can just push Longford to the edge and, and, and sneak through by a couple of points. Yeah, so I'm not going to get a prediction off you on that, uh, Ger, and I'm not going to get... Out of respect, <laughs> I'm not even going to give a prediction. Um, so the, the last one then is Wicklow and Wexford. This is in Ockram at three o'clock. Or, you know, two... Pretty evenly matched teams. Mm. Um, I thought it was interesting that Wicklow have Nicky Devereaux, who transferred this year. He played Dublin up in 2014. His brother Davy and yeah. Ushin Manning from St. Jude. So like they have yeah. the few imports. They're obviously coming off that brilliant result against Carlo. Mm-hmm. Wexford are coming off a good result against Sligo, but you'd fancy, you probably have to fancy Wicklow at home. The new import, a good young manager and the confidence of coming off the Cavan result. It's it's um, a great opportunity for Wicklow and looking for, unfortunately for Wicklow and Wexford the the the, the courage for winning this game is a is a home match to Dublin and and and, and uh, whatever way you want to dress it up it's, there's only going to be one winner there but uh, Davy Burke as as Wicklow manager at the outset of the year you're looking to stay in Division Three to relegate the Ulster champions uh, and staying in Division Three. And uh, to get a win over Wexford again in the championship because I think they played them in their last league game last year to get promoted from the yeah. Ford Street and then they had them a week or two later and beat them again and beat them again in championship is a Wexford turn to win uh, they are evenly matched teams but uh, 
I'm very familiar with a lot of the the Wicklow guys. Uh, the Devro's dad, um, I think he's from Wicklow actually, funny enough. And uh, so, so I'm sure he's as proud as he was to see Nicky represent Dublin in Crow Park and winning All Ireland 2011, um, 13, and that by being involved. Uh, I'm sure he's he's really really proud to see him representing the county where he grew up in. So, so that's uh, another element that goes on in the in the background, but. I, I, I don't know how to call this one and uh, I think Wicklow will just have too much experience now after playing a lot of uh, Division 3 games and the confidence that they'll take from getting over the uh, the Wexford game I think they'll take that into this uh, this match this weekend but at the same time sometimes when the motivation is and the aim of your season really is to let's stay, stay and become a mainstay in Division 3 when that's achieved there's an element you switch off you switch off right which division 3 or 4 happens so. ok yeah, might, switch, yeah. might switch off um, it's actually not the last game Limerick Waterford are um, but we'll probably go be, both be going for Limerick here and yeah. we'll probably talk about Limerick a little bit more um, in the next round no disrespect to Waterford we fancy Gael, uh, Limerick in the Gaelic crowns uh, pretty strongly there right lads we'll have to leave it there Brendan we didn't get much from you in those last two games because <laughs> let's be honest Jared's more of an expert on Carlo, Carlo football than you are sorry True, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, we'll be back. I've both years in you, Chair. I've We'll be back on Monday. We'll uh, review all the weekend's championship action. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. But this little dink ball, the only one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground, and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, I wouldn't be asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring at me, I coffee, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs>